Hey, what's up everyone? It's Jay, and I'm happy to be in your ears. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to the episode, it's the right time. Thank you so much for trusting me to put good stuff into your ears. Now, today is a big one, guys. It's a really, really big one. Because the person we're talking to today, I've known for several years, a longtime admirer, and have known his work that he's put out there in the universe to be extremely high level. He's talented at so many things. He does like 4,300 things. You'll hear this in the interview. And so today's guest is Mark Majeski. Now, Mark is a rock star. Maybe that's not his job title. It's probably not on his business cards or his portfolio website, but he's an extremely gifted storyteller. Mark started out as a PR intern at Michigan, and then he went to Wayne State. He was at USA Hockey for a while, and he was even at the Illinois Golf Association. Mark started out as one thing, and he learned that he was a creative. For so many storytellers, this may resonate with you. He spent one year doing some phenomenal, amazing, some incredible content on Clemson Athletics with their creative team, working with Dabo Sweeney and working with Clemson Football. And today, Mark is a creative director for the Boston Bruins and TD Garden. So he's smart, Mark is funny, inspirational. He's a really great guy. And I can't wait for you to get into this episode. But before I do, I have a quick favor to ask. We've introduced the new Sports Creatives newsletter. And of course, I'd love for you to sign up and become a member of our community. This isn't a transaction. It's not about my bank account. The newsletter is free. And of course, we want to grow our efforts. This is about the hashtag SM Sports Community and the Sports Creative Community. It's about sharing resources and tips. It's about understanding that if we harness our individual creativity and knowledge and use it not just to make things, but to grow our overall community, to inspire each other and the next generation of storytellers. So it's super simple. Go to www.sportscreativepodcast.com forward slash subscribe and sign up. That's it. Now, do you know anyone who needs a nudge? Share it with them. Tell them that you're a member and send it along the way. This would mean everything to me. It's so important that we really rally together to grow our shared creative space in the college and professional sports. That's my ask of you. Thank you so very much. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, man, this is awesome. I can't, uh, can't wait to hang out with you for a little bit. Uh, I'm pumped to be here. I've been a big fan of uh, you know this product you've been putting out. Uh, I just listened to uh, you talk with my boy Chris uh, about the MLC coming to the 313. Me and Ashley are going to show yes, you yes. Uh, what, what Motown's all about, man. I'm, seriously, when I saw that news, I, uh, I had to leave my desk and uh, have myself a little celebration outside. It's, it's awesome, man. So love everything you're doing. <laughs> Can't wait to... Uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited to be here with you, and it means a lot that uh, you'd even consider talking to me. So this is uh, this is great, man, man. This is great. We're gonna jump right into it because this is an interview that and a conversation I've been looking forward to as well. So, you know, one of the things I really want to talk about is your career path. It's been untraditional, you know, and I and I imagine when I was sitting down thinking about your career that you've learned a lot in that process, right? You've been riding this digital wave. I mean, I was I was thinking you started in PR and in undergrad in Michigan, and then you went to Wayne State, and you were at USA Hockey, you were at Illinois Golf Association. I don't know where you haven't been, but <laughs> can you talk about some of the things that you learned on this journey that you've been on? You can't you can't uh, leave my one year in Loretto, Pennsylvania, out of it. That was uh, that was the icing on the cake, man. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> it's been seriously a. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the proper adjective is to describe. It's, it's certainly been a unique path. Um, you know, I went to school, sport management, communication uh, as undergrad at Michigan. Um, when I was honestly going to school uh, or looking at where I wanted to go, um, like the sport 
management programs were kind of popping up. They were pretty new um, in like a sense to almost like attract, you know, a certain, someone like myself who uh, wanted to go to school to have a good time. Let's just say like, hey, let's go to school for sports. Right. right? And no, um, su- no surprises and, there. Right. 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 And luckily for me, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get into school uh, in Michigan and, uh, you know, just down the street from where I grew up. And, um, yeah, like, I honestly got a bit of a late start, let's just say. So, Jay, I went to Catholic school with all boys for four years, all right? That first, that public speaking one-on-one class my freshman year in Michigan, let's just say, looked a little different than I was used to, okay? A little more distracting, if you will. And and all jokes aside, you know, I probably got way too late of a start um, on my professional career. Um, I didn't really realize, you know, early on what it took to to be successful uh, or what just what really entailed, it, you know, it, it's not all glitz and glamour. And I think, you know, everyone here listening that, that works alongside myself and with you and myself, like it, uh, you know, I think that people get caught up very easily as to what working in the sport industry is like. And, I honestly, right. you know what I mean? And the first uh, the first opportunity I really was able to work in was like basically working as a marketing intern uh, at Michigan. Like I always, people have heard me tell this before, but I remember passing out like phone cards with like minutes on them and stuff wow. to people to tell you. Wow. Hey, you and I know what those are, but I'm going to guarantee you yeah, 70% yeah. of people listening might not. Man, you you be checking, man. Like you you're about to make a call, like hoping and praying that you had enough minutes on the call. Yeah, exactly. Like if you wanted to call, like you know Taiwan or something, you'd maybe have like two minutes. But like if you wanted to call Grandma, you'd have like twenty or something like that. Is right, some, right. This was way before the cell phone era, man. And um, all all before unlimited minutes. That's right, <laughs> exactly. So you know, I was like, man, this just like this just doesn't really jive with what you know I I feel you know passionate towards and. When I went to grad school at Wayne State, which is, uh, as my girl Ashley can attest to, right down the street from Ford Field, um, you know, I went as uh, wanted to get my, I just wanted to, I just didn't feel like I was ready to, I, I, first off, I didn't have enough experience to get out to the uh, workforce. And, um, you know, this was around probably 2004, 2005, which God God, that's 15 years ago. That's so long ago. Jay. Mm. You know, Jay, I'd actually like to end this mm. interview. I'm, this is making me feel too old. <laughs> but um, my God, that's crazy. But like, you know, they had a sport management program there. Um, and what I liked about it was they had a, uh, you could, instead of doing like a long thesis, you could do like a 500 hour, you know, apprenticeship. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get aligned with USA Hockey. I've always loved hockey. It's a big sport in Michigan. And uh it was in the marketing department, but it was kind of like mislabeled. Um, it was more along the lines of PR. And I'll, and I'll kind of try and speed this up. It basically, I remember that one of the first things they did was like, all right, can you help us make this, you know, some flyers to post inside the arena for uh, USA Hockey's game against Alpina or something, you know. And, uh, and like I had to do it in PowerPoint. And I was like, this is, this is what I like this. Like, this is awesome. I love putting together the line charts. I love kind of doing stuff for the website. I like doing things that are a little bit more – um, visual, so to speak. And it kind of trajected me into this very interesting path down PR. Um, you know, like you said, the, the Illinois Junior Golf Association, which was to this day, the coolest job I ever had. I got to live in just outside <laughs> Chicago, drove a two hour radius outside Chicago land, going to a different, beautiful golf course. And I've got to hang out with kids, write a half hour recap and then play golf after that. Like, come on, like, dude, like there's nothing wow. better than that. Right. Um, wow. but I started after that summer internship, you know, I started applying to all these, these gigs I had really no business even remotely unqualified for. Right. And this small little place, uh, you know, that I, truth be told, I was on a, out on the golf course on a golf cart and a lawnmower was driving by me as I picked up the phone. I didn't even know who I was talking to. Uh, and I hung up and I said, I think I just took a job and I don't know where, well, that ended up being at St. <laughs> Francis university in, in uh, good old Loretto, Pennsylvania, Pride of the Red Flash, baby, NEC Pride. So, um, and, and acted was the, their football contact there, and it kind of just trajected me from there to uh, that was kind of like a year long apprenticeship, and then I got my first you know, full time internship at uh, Syracuse, working with their inaugural women's hockey team, which was awesome. I still keep in touch with some of those uh, those women to this day, um, you know. And then I got my first full time job at Northeastern University in Boston, and uh, all along this time, like the 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 main years in PR, I was essentially the hockey contact or SID, as people know it, for the, the men's hockey programs at Northeastern for four years and Boston College for five. And uh, that was before 
you know, I made the move down south for a bit in Clemson. But okay, so I got to ask you this. Yeah, I got to ask you this question. So throughout this process, and I'm asking you because this is what I hear. I think people look at you on social media and they look at your feed and like, man, he does this great work. But what I just heard you talk about is a bunch of jobs and opportunities and things that you learned were you during this time were you happy were you like i love this this is what i want to do with the rest of my life or where were you with kind of evaluating how you liked what you were doing through those jobs you just went no that's an awesome question thank you for cutting me off because i never shut up jay so no no that's not what i was doing (laughs) no so you know um I, it's crazy because when I first started off, social media was just, was not a thing, right? It was not part of your communications plan. It was really, it just didn't exist. And when I was at Northeastern, um, it kind of started bubbling up, so to speak. Um, when I got to Boston College, so to answer your first question, I did love what I was doing. I loved, man, when you're in PR, um, you're, you know, you're not working in compliance. You're not working in, uh, right. um, I'm trying to think of, you know, some things that are a little bit more offstandish, if you will, on the college side. Maybe, maybe like business operate, business office. 100%. And like, I loved that feeling. I was like, this is why I wanted to work in sports to kind of feel like I'm part of something bigger. Right. And, um, those two programs, I guess three with Syracuse and uh, Northeastern and BC, like I, I just felt like I was welcomed that I was making a difference and, those those feelings increased as the digital age, so to speak, really took um, took hold. And that's when my mindset started shifting a little bit as to be like, okay, I part of your job is dealing with media relations and, and helping set up stories and things of that nature. But along, you know, as time went on, I was just like, man, like, this is this is fine helping these folks out that might have a blog or a website, you know, some of the more non-traditional media, but like we can be doing, I mean, this is the old cliche of, you know, you are your own media, but that certainly was like a, a huge thing. Uh, that was kind of the infantile stages of that, uh, that moniker, if you will. And really being able to see, like being able to perceive and, and change the, uh, you know, the looks and feels of, of brands and, 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 and what your team really wanted to, uh, you know, embody, like you really were the voice and the window of that, that team, if you will. And that is what I think that this, this, the the more creative side of things has really, you know, developed into. I mean, I think Jay, you and I know very well how much, how much, I mean, I hate to say the word power, but I mean, the the creative field, especially in, in, in sports or athletics as a whole is very powerful because of how yes. influential their voice can be. And as, as a window or a conduit to the, the program or business, whatever that they're representing. And to me, I really saw that this like, okay, this is what I want to do more of is kind of get away from the press releases and the, the game notes and the bio updates and all that stuff that uh, let's be serious. Like mom and dad, like seeing that stuff online, but like, Man, kids, you know, the student athletes would would much rather, um, I think, be involved in kind of what they know uh, as PR is kind of developed into today. And I think that I'm very grateful, Jay, is like, I think that I'm in a spot where I'm in a very different spot right now here as the creative director with the Bruins and TD Garden than any other gig I've I've had. Um, And I think of... Why is that? Because I, well... The, the biggest reason I think is because I'm very grateful that I had a bit of a communications background um, coming up. And what I mean by that is like, yes, you need to know, you know, certain uh, quick keys or applications or things like that for Adobe Creative Suite or Cinema 4D or whatever platform you may be using to, to get your digital collateral out there. But in the end, like, I still feel as if all creative directors or all designers or, or whatever you want to call, uh, you know, this, this field now, um, we're still communicators, you know, we're still, um, we're still doing kind of p- weird PR in a, in a sense, like you are still building those brands and, 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 and influencing and, and trying to call attention to the positives of what's going on. And I'm very grateful that um, I kind of had that that more traditional background, if you will. Um, because I think oftentimes I have to call upon that when I get stuck on stuff It's like, all right, man, like just get back to the basics. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to overthink this. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful, um, that that's just kind of how it, the trajectory happened. And I know that this is a, 
super long-winded answer to kind of your first question. But, uh, <laughs> no, you're it, good. I think it's, I, I just think it's important for people to know that um, learning and knowing how to speak and write, you know, clearly, concisely, and efficiently is, is still very important. You know, like I think right. that those are things that that um, is an art that can be lost at times. And I'm and not saying that that's a bad thing at all. I just think that I'm I'm very grateful personally to to kind of have a bit of a different background in that sense. Mm, I love that. I love that. So you know, one of the things that you were just talking about um, that struck me while you were speaking is you know I, I love music, um, love dancing, but most importantly, the one of the it reminds me of this that ACDC song, right? It's a long way mm-hmm. to the top if you want to rock and roll. And I say that mm-hmm. you you like that song as well. Hey, who doesn't? Let's be serious. <laughs> and one of the things I think about is, you know, like we always talk about like 10,000 hours to success and and really, you know, honing your craft. And one of the things that, I, you know, it's amazing about your career is you've gone on these different um, journeys and you've learned a, a lot of different skills from written word to uh, you know, helping other people like, you know, as a as a media contact, understanding like what the storyline is for the person who's requesting interviews. Right. Like you've picked up all of this. And then along the way, you're like, oh, my goodness. OK, I also design as well. Like, I don't know. You know, I mean, you're like the sure. Swiss Army knife, but I don't want to call you a Swiss Army knife because it's so small. But just think of like the <laughs> baddest like knife that you have that does a lot of things well. Does that kind of, is that kind of some, you know, like looking at your career, is that something that's helped you be the storyteller that you are today? Well, first off, I'm like barely 5'8", so it's okay if you call me small. Um, <laughs> no. no, I, I, I mean, those are some very kind words, Jay, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I am talking with you here for the last 15 minutes or so, like, I'm honestly like in my head, it's like, man, you are freaking old. <laughs> like in terms of like <laughs> some of these, there's the talent you see out there right now. I mean, there are, you know, I do not say, I've never really considered myself a designer, so to speak. Um, I think that's just a, you know, that's a, it's an applicable term in some capacities, but I've just never have been comfortable being like, I'm a graphic designer or I'm a this or I'm a that. Um, so how, I, how do you self-identify then? Like, how do you see yourself? I like to try and I think that like I try and quantify it as being like a more of like a digital storyteller that that has a uh, that keeps pushing and developing a brand in mind like dude back in the day like like back okay, in the day like, i gotta i gotta pause you there go ahead. what do you mean when you say that because that was that was a nugget you just dropped what repeat that again and then what do you mean when you say that so like back in the you know being a i try and embody what I do as like a digital storyteller by putting out, you know, information and, and, and collateral and things of that nature that people uh, in 2020, how they, um, you know, consume information, but also keeping in mind all the other things that go into it and the brand that drives those sorts of things. Like back in the day, man, like when I was in, in my SID, uh, SID days, like your football media guide, and I'm not kidding when I say this, like, was your biggest piece of, of brand collateral. You, you had 200, oh, what was it? 200, I forget the limit now, God. Like, I think your limit was 254 pages. 254 um, pages. Yep, and the covers, and you used to rank the covers and who had the coolest cover. And literally, man, that was what you had before social media. And I'm sure yes. some people listening to this know that, but I don't know if everybody does. Um, I don't know if you watched that that Michael Vick, um, uh, 30 for 30, the part one, which is freaking awesome. But I remember like there was a shot of him either Mike Vick or, or one of his, uh, a friend of his, like with this pile of media guides at like, and yes, that's how they tried to yes. get to it. Like, Oh my God, like, dude, that's not that long ago, but that was it. So that's kind of goes back to what I was saying originally. It was like, I, I, I understand how, how it was done in the past, but like, I've tried to, you know, I've always been obsessed with uniforms and like the and aesthetics and like almost like the, I don't know if fashion's the right word, but like, just like the aesthetic, sense of sport. And I think that that's kind of uh, transcended a bit into just my love of trying to uh, develop and build a brand. Now, Jay, like where I'm at now, like in the past couple of places, I've been very fortunate. Like 
I, I, I'm obviously here with the Bruins, but before that, last year, I, I, I picked the right year to go down to Clemson and work with, honestly, some of the most talented right. people in the industry. And that, that, that brand was already built. That brand, by the time I had gotten there, if you will, it was about winning and winning national championships. And honestly, Jay, that's not that hard of a brand to push because that's what everyone strives to, right? And it was already kind of built there for me. I kind of just had to come and help um, almost – the, the the drive the car was already in motion it was just kind of like making sure that there was a foot like halfway on on the gas pedal because there, there were so many other people involved um coming here with the bruins and the difference between professional and collegiate is dude I, i'm telling you we should do another podcast on that because that's a whole other issue <laughs> i won't get into that but let's go let's for go sure, for sure but you know the boston bruins um <laughs> Man, you don't want to you don't want to screw with that brand. There's there's not it, no that is intr- the Bruins are you know for people that um you know that might be from New England or whatever that or have never been here, you know take the Patriots success aside. Like obviously this is a Patriots town and and uh, you know Brady's tweet and or Instagram post made this place literally lose their lose their marbles uh, a couple of days ago. But uh, <laughs> the um, I honestly think the Bruins are the most popular team in the city. And, and the reason why is because they're, they're deep history, they're tough, they're blue collar, and they just kind of embody everything that, that Boston kind of prides itself on. Like just don't F with us. Like if you're not with us, you're against us sort of attitude. That's kind of just how Boston, it, it, Boston's always had this chip on his shoulder. Right. And um, that's how the Bruins kind of operate. And for me, um, I stepped into a role where I think I saw there was a room to improve the digital presence. And that's what I've tried to at least do, at least in in a little bit. And, uh, you know, I I hope to make some more strides here in the future, but um, yeah, it's, it's different everywhere you go Um, in terms of what I'm going back. What you originally asked me was developing a brand or develop uh, or, you know, developing a brand at a place like say Indiana state versus um, an Alabama or a Clemson or an LSU even like, Dude, those things are very different for a variety of reasons because, you know, you're dealing with so many different, um, you know, one place may have more assets than the other. One place may have a bigger budget, more human resources. And, like, I think it all just comes down to, in the end, it boils down to what is the what is the story? Like, do I'm not here to change the narrative of the Bruins because I would probably be out on my ass within two weeks, you know, but like yeah. there are opportunities to, for, for very young folks um, to, to take on a, a program that might not have much brand recognition or you see the logo and you might, you may be like, I don't even know what that is. And that might be a huge victory getting your logo noticed. You know what I'm saying? Like there's um, so many different levels of success in driving a brand or maintaining it or, or whatever, you know, whatever buzz cliche, you know, script you want to throw on that. Um, and here I am talking in circles again, and I'm not really sure exactly what, where we're going with this, but I think that it's just the, the, the driver of brand these days is, is kind of an overused sort of thing, but it's, it's just so important. And I think that there are varying levels of, what success means on that front. And I'm very fortunate that I've kind of had to, or been able to see what it means on a, on a variety of different platforms. All right. You know what? I, you just, I, I got to ask you this now that you said that. Okay. I, I, one of the things I want to ask you about based on what you just said is when I look at your work, I've, I've of course follow you on another number of platforms. Mm-hmm. I can distinctly tell your work, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a voice that you've honed. And one of the things I want to talk about is how you went about developing your voice because you just kind of talked about, you know, not messing with the brand, don't, mm-hmm. you know, but again, doing your thing within the brand and the brand framework. But how did you go about finding your voice in that process as a creative storyteller? Man, you're, I don't even, I'm on a hard line right now and, and the data may run out, run out on this hard line because <laughs> I probably have so much to say about this. Um, Man, that I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way so I don't go in a hundred different directions like I do every single time. Um, I think that, you know, for me, like the, my so the role I'm in now, I think that some people might not know, and frankly, was something I wasn't too sure of coming in was I don't have, I don't really work on this. I produce things for the social side, if you will, 
but I'm not um, necessarily uh, publishing or crafting the actual messaging along with the collateral, if you will, for the Bruins. Um, mm, that okay. was more, I did more of that role at Clemson, uh, kind of helping out um, Jonathan Gant and, and, and Nick Conklin and Jeff Callen and, and uh, everyone else that did a phenomenal job with that. Um, help oh, shout create. out to Clemson, Clemson staff. Hell yeah, man. Best, best there is. And, you know, knowing what, what culture existed there and, um, kind of going in and just helping develop just some, uh, you know, some digital assets, but also helping to try and, um, you know, be the, be the one person, you know, as I got more used to the culture and the way that they, um, you know, move forward, um, and trying to be that voice. And frankly, Jay, like this is, um, you know, I'm okay with talking about professional struggles. That's one of the things that I actually have struggled with a bit here. And this is not a negative. I think that this has been helping me grow and have to think differently. Like I honestly think it's, and this is funny because like me and uh, myself and my guy, Dan Latorka, who is uh, runs the Twitter account or runs social media for the Carolina hurricanes, if you will. Um, he, he and I presented on a few different, like, like in game, um, you know, methods and this and that. And, you know, I asked a question to the, the, the audience and was like, how many of you here are actually creating, um, you know, the stuff that you're posting. And I, I, this sounds like conceited and I by all means don't mean for it to be the way, but I was shocked at how few raised their hand. Um, the Twitter sports summit was, I think there was a lot more professional folk, um, in our, at least the one panel that I did. And I was like, man, like that's crazy to me because for me, um, I think that being able to, you're able to hone your voice, both on what you're accompanying your collateral with and all like, because you're, because you're, you're the one developing what that post is going to be both on the messaging and the visual. I think those things are honestly inseparable. Um, I don't Mm, want to say inseparable, but I just, I think that there's so much more, uh, cachet behind it when, when, um, that person's kind of has a hand, has a heavy hand, if you will, in both of those things. And I think the, those that you see successful and are super, um, you know, respected in our field, I think have a hand in both in, in both of those things. So I think and, that, and one one thing I re- I have to say this while you're saying this because some people may not know. And what you're describing is there's situations sometimes where the people running the accounts have no idea and aren't involved in the creative process, and they're just more of sent content saying, "Hey, push this out." Right. That, that's kind of what you're describing. Hundred percent. And and that. That sounds like it's a slight. By no means is it. That's just how things are kind of set up differently across the board, right? Um, right. I, it's crazy how differently how um, certain social teams are set up, not just collegially, but I mean, even from like probably NHL franchises. I'm sure we do things differently than the Hurricanes or the Rangers or the Wings or whoever, and that's just the way it is. But that's exactly right, Jay. And and one thing I I, I jump in real quick here. The other thing too, and I and I want to get your commentary as you move forward. Is it seems like the really good creative teams, the elite teams, that top ten percent, like when you were at Clemson and some of the other teams, is that they're involved in that entire process. Was that something we? I think we both agree on that. Like they're involved from ideation on. One one hundred percent. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that that speaks to. And one of the biggest things I was attracted to at Clemson. Uh, aside from being friends with a good amount of people, I mean, definitely shout out to my to my guy Jeff Callen, who, you know, ultimately helped me make the decision that this was the right thing for my career, and boy, was it. Um, was his selling point was that like we're not taking. I mean, hey, shout out to all my SAD my, uh, men and women. I fr- I love all of you. Those are my roots. But the way he kind of framed it was like we're not taking orders from or, or fulfilling requests from the SIDs were the ones that are entrenched. I mean, football obviously was, was our, you know, that's what uh, butters the bread to Clemson. I don't think there's any, uh, you know, shying away from that and that's fine. But like you're, I was there with the team. I was, I was, I knew the storylines myself and I, and I've had to put the onus on myself to read my boy Ross Taylor's game notes and, and, and still know what was going on from a PR standpoint and know that, Travis Etienne had um, however many uh, yards he needed for this record or, or how many touchdowns Trevor Lawrence was away from breaking the 18 trillion records he probably already has now. Those were like, 
those were on me. I'm Ross Taylor has way too much to deal with, with Dabo Sweeney and, and whoever else to be fielding texts and emails about, Hey man, what's, um, like he's, you know, what's the info? I need the info for this. Like, dude, he's already done that. Like in, in <laughs> right. being able to read the, the work he's already done. And that kind of goes back to everything in, in the PR days. And, and I think that, um, but what Jeff was saying was that like, you know, we, we kind of, the messaging starts like carries out and finishes with the creative team. And there's just so much power in that, man. When, mm-hmm. when you let in the end, whether marketing or uh, community relations or whatever sort, you know, community relations is a big thing as a big thing on the professional side, no matter what, um, you know, those folks need, like it runs through the creative department, whether it's a 600 by 338 email graphic mm-hmm. or hundred different pieces of signs for a, a huge challenge. We had at the garden for like first responders, like, you know, the work that I'm doing here is, is, is very different, but it, it's crazy how it's really cool to see how it has so many touch points with, with literally every department here. Like we're not in, in the collegiate realm. I wasn't doing too much for compliance, if you will. Um, you know, or, or uh, you know, business office, things like that. Like it was a lot of uh, marketing and communications and, 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 and those sorts of things. But here, like everybody, like the creative department, the way we're set up here, like, man, we're doing everything from sales, you know, kind of boring sales sheets to, to the huge marquee that uh, you see on the back of the TD garden when you're driving over the Zakem bridge and you're like, man, like that's a huge piece of branding that throughout the city of Boston. Like, <laughs> Right. It's crazy the scale and the scope, but you know, um, I think going back, like when the creative process is on the forefront, and I know you've had Graham Neff on, who is seriously one of the best there is in this business, and just shout an out awesome Graham guy. Neff. Hell yeah, shout out Graham! Like he, folks that understand at the those levels, um, and I know that people have heard this many times by now, but it's. I can't really quantify how important it is to have buy-in at that level because Mm. when there's too much red tape and there's too many things stopping up the creative process, you've already, you know, the, the whole thing is shot as far as I'm concerned, like that you've, you've already put a cap on what the possibilities are. And I think when you, when you have trust on that side of things and trust from the, from the head coach and Dabo Sweeney or whomever may be on down, um, you know, your, your, your possibilities are endless and that's just so important to creatives. Like if you get stuck in the same rut, man, that's when, you know, that's when you find people start getting frustrated and looking to move on. And it seems like there's been a lot of moving, moving around these days. And I think it's just because creatives by nature, um, they're, they're itching for a new challenge. They're itching to, you know, they're itching to make their mark on something different. And, uh, I mean, I'm the same way, like for better or for worse. And, um, that's just kind of innate in all of us. And, uh, yeah, I just can't emphasize enough how important that is. You know, I think you hit on some really, really big nuggets there, Mark, and, you know, really kind of, you know, really tease up my next question for you. Um, cause Mark, you've had a very, very unique career, right? The stops that you've made, the places that you've been, the roles that you've had, but one of the things that I've figured out from from kind of watching you close and then getting to know you is that you figured out something that a lot of creatives haven't figured out, which is you kind of touched on a little bit there, which is I think you and I are both kind of like process people, process guys. Right. Right. Yeah. And and loving that process that you're talking about, not just the end piece, but how we got there. Like you were just describing the setup and getting buy in. And one of the things I want to ask you about is your personal creative process. What does that look like? Oh man, I was thinking about that um, on the way over here because you know, and this may be a little too candid or a little too honest, but that's what this podcast is all about, right? Like, honestly, man, it it seriously changes all the time. Um, I don't have like a okay, I know what I need to do, so let's go to the drawing board and and start here. Um, sometimes I will go to an actual whiteboard or a drawing board, but man. Here, here's what I'll say. And honestly, this might be showing my hand a little bit too much. And some people would be like, all right, this, this dude obviously is just flying by the seat of his pants. Honestly, <laughs> dude, I'm always flying by the seat of my pants. I was about to this say, dude. aren't you always? <laughs> but like, seriously, man, when, when I get super jacked up about something and like, it's when you're in one of those instances where like you literally are 
you're stopped frozen, like on the spot. You're like, holy shit. Like I, this is like, I got it. It's oftentimes more than not, man, that stuff kind of comes, I don't want to say it comes out of thin air, but it might be coming from, uh, if I'm walking through the city or I'm in the gym listening to a pod, I'm a big, I'm a huge podcast consumer. Um, something about a conversation listening to sparks something like I don't, a lot of it's not traditional. And what I will say, Jay, when it comes down to like a lot more of those routine um, sort of things that I know I need to do, this is the, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like, dude, I get like, um, I'll get like uh, nervous or like, uh, mm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I get like, I don't even know. I've, I, I always lose track of words. I, I think I know big words and then I get stumped up, but like, like, I get like anim. I don't think animosity is not the right word. I I have no animosity towards you or anyone here. Is it kind of you know like uh, maybe I don't want to call it a stage performance nerves, but is it kind of like that? Like if you're about to go on the stage and speak, or somebody's gonna go sing? Yeah, something like that. Where it's like even something as stupid as like a not stupid, but like like a wallpaper Wednesday or something or like a yeah. a game based sort of thing. Like I know that those things have to be done at some point, but like. You know, it's like I almost sometimes like when I start overthinking things, that's when I start getting like lost. I'm like, damn, like that's when I kind of start beating myself up over things because it's like I know that that's there. When I get super jacked about a project, oftentimes those things aren't even planned. Or like if I know that something's on the horizon and I'm like, all right, like let's give this some thought. And like that, like it's kind of in the back of my head. And then it's just like, it's like somebody takes a shovel and hits me as hard as they can in the back of my head. And that, that notion comes straight to the front. I'm like, I know what we're going to do now. Or I know what elements, I know how to feature this. I know what I want to do. And like, that may not be a very professional answer. Um, but honestly, I think I, I do my, well, I think I do my best work when like, it's super spontaneous. And then I'm like, I literally have to stop what I'm doing. Like, so I listen, I'm a big consumer of the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, some people might like him. Some people may hate him. Who knows? I just love the the types of different walks of life he has on. And I love long form conversation. If you couldn't tell 36 <laughs> minutes into this conversation, right? And um, one of the things, you know, he's a comedian as well. And one of the things he talks about, he's like, I don't think I could do my job if I didn't have um, like the voice recorder type thing he has on his iPhone or whatever. Like for me, like I'm, I'm in the gym, dude. I'm half of the time. I'm like pulling up my notes app. There's probably a more efficient way to do this now, or like an Evernote sort of thing. And like jo immediately jotting down what entered my head, because if I don't do it, then it's out like, and, and it's gone like forever. And, um, it's weird. I think a lot of creatives can attest to like, it's so funny. I think you see a lot of creatives posting more about how excited they are about an idea than the actual end product. And I, yeah, I love yeah. that because like, that's that's so true. It's like, dude, man, I get creative block worse than anyone out there. It's a real thing. And if and if you're out there saying you don't get it, then then you've never really been in the trenches as far as I'm concerned. Like no you, you've never no been doubt. part of that daily grind. Well, sometimes you even get you get worried like you like you were saying, like, uh, man, can I pull this one out? You know, like every time is like the first time. I can't tell you how many things I've just scrapped after like an hour or two. I'm like, damn it, this is not what I had envisioned. And sometimes, like, you know, you'll you'll come home, uh, I'm, you know, your laptop's there. You may have had, a, you know, a couple libations out in the town. You know, you can take that for what it's worth. And you're like, I'm just going to mess around here for 20 minutes. You're like, wait a minute. I actually love the way this turned out. And I honestly think like for me, Jay, one of the things that I learned as time went on is that design, so to speak, is I, I always say it's like 90% photography I, or, or what, whatever the subject is. I think once you start over designing or, or start having to throw this filter on or this texture or Great this snap, shadow, reach. wherever the hell it might be, is when you start getting in your own head. Like I think it all goes back to Ultimately, we're trying to communicate. And when you're not able to pick up what the message or the information is immediately um, off of a post or an entry or whatever, it's all of that time is lost on your subject. It's gone. Man, I love what you're saying, because one of the things 
that, that I think, especially in larger organizations where a lot of people have a voice in the process, you're so true because then someone's like, hey, can you add in this? Can you add in that? And then sometimes what you end up with is like this smorgasbord that the, the end user looks at it and they have no idea where their eyes should go. They have no idea what we're communicating about. So I, I think what you're talking about is just like pure gold right now. Well, I appreciate that. And amen to what you just said. I, and I like to call it because those projects happen a lot. Uh, or those instances happen a lot. And I like to call those the, the, those ain't seen your personal portfolio type projects because it's not yours. It's just not your work. You know what I'm saying? It, it's got the, it has the touch points of so many other people and, and not to say that other people's ideas aren't valid, but when it actually comes to logo size or put this here, make this bigger, like, man, like that's just, and unfortunately everybody has a boss, everybody answers to, to somebody else. Absolutely. And those are sometimes things out of your control. And I think a lot of young creatives have to understand that, that like, as you move on in your career and as you, you know, get more and more, uh, you know, higher up, so to speak, like not everything's going to be the way you want it to look. That's just the way of life. And, um, but yeah, like th that process, honestly, Jay is, is, um, I'm almost mildly embarrassed admitting it because it's, it's not really, um, very mathematic. Um, but that's just, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like I honestly get more, um, you know, uh, trepidation, if you will, about the things I know that I have to do versus like those spont like spontaneity, like, Spont Jesus, I I can't speak. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to add a <laughs> spontaneous, lot. Spontaneous, spontaneous. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Like those are the things that I just man. Like I I'm like I'm excited just talking about it, and I don't really have any spontaneous ideas right now. So no, it's um, awesome. Yeah, I, I would. That's kind of how I would quantify it with you know without going another twenty minutes, which I could. But uh, it's a, such a great question. And your answer is about as spontaneous and, and yeah. as I expected from knowing. They you. all are. Let's be serious. They all are. <laughs> and one of the, the things, Mark, that you really touched on, and I, again, looking at your career, I think you've done a phenomenal job. And I want to talk to you about, you know, folks who are out there trying to manage their careers. You've done a great job of this. Talk about how important is it to select the boss that you're going to be working for? Because I think sometimes people is so focused on the ultimate brand that they're going to work for, right? Big U. And they have, they don't, we don't, sometimes we're not asking these questions and almost interviewing the boss and then they get there and they're not happy. So how important is it to assess the person you're, that you're going to work for? And how do you go about that as you've done that over your career? I'd personally like to request a part two, because I think that <laughs> I could, this is, in all seriousness, though, Jay, this, this is literally, this is everything to me. Um, well, I'm like, honestly getting a little choked up about this because <laughs> like, I really am in, in a weird way. And just a lot of the people that I've worked with over the years and the relationship, man, I actually am like choked up right now. Like the relationships I've built and stuff, man, like that's literally, <laughs> that's everything about this business. And that's not even answering a question, which I will get to what I think is super important for, especially folks just getting involved is this, what we do is about, you know, it is about the stuff you're creating, but seriously, man, it is, it is 100% to me about the relationships. Um, whether it's people you've worked with over the years, whether it's somebody you met at MLC or at Cosida or, or wherever, or, or Adobe Max, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden you keep in touch with that person that you never knew that maybe you saw on Twitter and you're too afraid to approach. And all of a sudden you start talking with him or her and it's like this, why the hell didn't I reach out to this person uh, however long ago? Right. And I like to try and be as approachable in those aspects as possible. Let me, but let me get back to your question. It is so imperative to do your homework um, before trying to make a move somewhere else. I think that the one thing I want to get across before it escapes my mind is that the grass isn't always greener. Okay. I think that, you might be at a level where you, you may be working at some place that, you know, you feel like you're not having as much of an impact or you're not working with football or you're not doing this or that. I don't, or man, I wish I had Texas's color scheme or look at how cool LSU stuff is. Like that stuff is all great and yeah. all valid and all true. And it's always going to be something. It's that's the thing, man. Like you're in, and, and I am the, could not be more guilty of this as, as evidenced by your first question, 
and all the places I've worked. Now, granted, I'm old as hell, and uh, my career has taken me to a bunch of different places. But, I mean, there's no secret. I was at Clemson for, for one year, and I'll be perfectly candid. Um, if if Clemson was in a – I'm a city guy. That's that's how – I just – I love living in the city. I like the hustle bustle. I like being with, you know, different all different walks of life in a pretty small space. Like, I love that. Um the the you know the the rural type of part of the country just wasn't really for me. My fiance Jamie stayed in Boston. We did it for a year. Um, and shout out to her for being strong through all that. And and we made it work. And shout out Jamie. But like for me personally, um, and I probably uh, Jay, I'd probably still be at Clemson if if this if I didn't get a text from um, my former colleague Jason Baum at, at Boston College being like, hey, this gig uh, looks like it up your alley. And I seriously like. I like almost shattered my phone, like dropping it. I was like, where the hell did this job come from? Um, I wasn't going to come back to Boston to, to be like an SID at Harvard or, or BU or something like that. That, that just wouldn't, as much as I wanted to get back here or back to a city, so to speak, I wasn't going to do it, um, just to do it. It had to be the right move. And, um, this is one of the few things that, that I'm telling you, it seriously came from a text message about the gig and, and my boss here with the Bruins her name's Trisha McCorkle, whom I've been very fortunate to know for a long time. Um, I knew her through the Beanpot Tournament, um, which is a garden-run tournament that uh, the four major cities and uh, excuse me, schools in the city of Boston play in, which is this Monday. Yep. Tune in, Nesson, if you have the app, let's go. Can't wait. <laughs> but um, but seriously, man, I, I look back at the programs that have – and I take football as an example because that's it's, it's probably as, most, it's as visible as it can be. I look back at the the creative teams, if you will, that have enjoyed success. LSU this year, uh, Clemson the year before, Bama, uh, you know, and whomever, you know, Clemson and, and all of those, and Ohio State and all. Oh God, I I'm certainly not going to say shout out to Ohio State, but respect to Ohio State. <laughs> about that, that all right. um, but like you know, it's it's you can just see the joy in those people's work. They it's not work like. And yeah, like you get to work with Joe Burrow and you get to have this, this just, I, I love coach Joe. Like I've, I don't know. I've never met him. I don't know anything about him, but like, how can he not love that dude? Like they just, they, but you could tell that even with those elements that they got to work with, like there's so much joy in their work and, and, and it, it resulted in the national championship. I'm not saying the creative team helped run the offense, but they certainly, you know, did so much to showcase Mm-hmm. the feeling and emotion of that team. And that goes about as long as along the way as, as is humanly possible. And, and my time, you know, I can speak personally at Clemson, you know, the biggest reason I wanted to go down there is because I knew, and we've touched upon, you know, before how the creative process was, was uh, doubled down on, if you will, and, and kind of led the charge. And it was so refreshing to be a part of that and be, and work with people that you respect. And and I couldn't, I, I love all of the the guys and, and, and women that I worked with at Clemson. I'm still very close with a lot of them to this day. And they are seriously some of the most talented. And I learned so much more about, you know, you know, that was kind of like a, that was my first non-SID job. Um, weirdly enough, I did a lot of design at BC, but last year was technically my first non-SID job. And That's I learned amazing. so much. It is crazy. And I, and I learned so much from those people there. Uh, and I'm forever indebted to them, and and will always have a little bit of orange and purple running through me for sure. And um, but but the culture is so important. And I think Jay, like um, I I can't tell you enough, Jay, how how important that is. Like I this the the role I'm in now is is very different. Um, and and I have learned a lot. I'm doing a lot more project management. I'm doing a lot more you know managing of of uh, a few. Uh, of Nick, Carly, and uh, Caitlin underneath me. Shout out to Nick, Carly, and Caitlin. Like, there, that wasn't necessarily something I, I wasn't really managing design projects, like in terms of like large scale things out to other people. I was either doing it myself or worrying more about the social aspect. Like, I'm, and I'm very grateful for, for trying to grow in that sense. And, and that was part of why I wanted to get involved in this role. And, and that was something that was talked about, uh, you know, in the interview process. And, and I think like, I always say, like, take an interview. 
Um, you're not, you're not wasting anyone's time. If they weren't interested in you, they wouldn't talk to you. Um, and I just think it's always important. If you get an opportunity to interview with someone, um, do it and, and try and learn. You, you can only get better in those instances. You end up learning a lot more about yourself and about the, you know, the, the, the folks you're speaking with. And, uh, I can't emphasize that enough. I just think it improves your, your speaking skills and your, your, just your cognitive, you know, back and forth, if you will. Um, but those things, Jay, are, are so important. And you see a lot of kind of moving around these days. And, and I think it goes back to what I said about creatives always have that itch. They want to try and make their mark in as many places as they can and, and respect to that. I'm, I'm of that, I'm cut of that same cloth for sure. Um, so I think it's, I think we're in some interesting times. I think that, uh, you know, we we have just as much uh, influence and and uh, you know voice as ever, and it's and it's only getting stronger. And the work you see out there just gets better and better every day. And I mean, shout out to everybody that uh, that just that just cranks out awesome stuff, uh, you know, day in and day, day out. Day in and day out, yeah, no doubt, man, man, Mark. An incredible conversation. I have to have you back on. We come back on because we have so much more. Uh, just want to hint, we probably will see each other this summer, MLC 2020 Connect, MLC Connect 2020. Um, and, and I, and I'd love to have you on and, cause I know we could talk and cover some more topics. 100%. I cannot wait to, uh, to show everybody what Detroit's all about. Me and, uh, me and Ashley were texting yesterday. We already got some ideas. So yes. uh, I, yes. I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. Like Detroit's on the up and up. Um, if my dad will have us, we'll head on down 96. We'll go to Livonia. We'll yep. go to Sheehan's. We'll get some fried pickles. <laughs> we'll hang out. It's going to be awesome. So uh, no, I, I awesome. can't wait to have everybody in the mitten um, and see everybody. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I can't wait to see you again, Jay. And honestly, yeah. like, I, I just want to shout out what, what you've been doing with this platform. I think it's, um, you know, I just think it's really awesome to hear uh, the, just everyone's different perspectives. Everyone's jobs and roles are, are, are different. As much as we're all kind of trying to do the same thing, everyone's, situ- you know, uh, just everyone's situation is different. I think you, everyone can learn something from, uh, from these conversations you have. And I know that this is a lot of work, man. Like this is a lot of work. I, I, I and, and I respect the hell out of what you're doing, man. And, and keep at it. And I hope to be back on soon. I could do this all day with you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Anytime. All right, that wraps it up. A couple of things before we get out of here. The Sports Creators Podcast is found on sportscreatorspodcast.com. I'm J.F. Hicks. You can find me using the handle at J-A-Y, the letter F, Hicks. That's J.F. Hicks all over social media and the internet. Leave a comment or a question and I'll respond as soon as possible. Let's connect.